And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA, high up into the atmosphere, and around the universe, we're Red Eye Radio. And we're well grounded. <laughs> <laughs> Download our Red Eye Radio app today. You can listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight, I'm sorry. I had to say into the atmosphere. That's uh, All right. You ready for this? I love reading an article that basically states the obvious because you can have fun doing it. Or when somebody else, not us, states the obvious, but when somebody else states the obvious on CNN and the obvious becomes a pretty big news story. Yeah. Are you ready? Okay. Journalist Ben Smith, formerly with BuzzFeed and a whole bunch of Politico, a bunch of different publications right. over the years. Mm-hmm. Journalist Ben Smith explained on Monday that President Joe Biden skipped the Super Bowl Sunday interview with Fox to avoid being confronted about questions overshadowing his presidency. To which we respond here on Red Eye Radio, no blank Sherlock. <laughs> Traditionally, the president sits down for an interview with the network airing the Super Bowl this year. That was Fox Corporation. Mm-hmm. So to avoid the hard-hitting interview with Fox News anchors, the White House requested that Biden sit down with Fox Soul, a little-known digital streaming channel, and to be interviewed by an anchor who supports him. Huh. But the interview never happened, resulting in the White House blaming Fox. During an interview with CNN this morning, Smith was asked about the White House's decision not to go forward with the interview. I think it's pretty tactical. (laughs) I don't think this was necessarily them trying to strike some big blow against Rupert Murdoch. Although that's a side benefit. I'm sure they're into that. Uh, 
Smith said Biden refused the Fox interview to avoid answering questions about 2024, the scandals that have rocked his presidency, and most recently, the Chinese spy balloon incident. Hmm. You know, the thing is, so uh, I would also add inflation, the strategic oil reserve, his energy policy, basically everything where Smith gets it wrong is he says, actually, I think it's mostly it's about timing. If you had an interview with Joe Biden, if I had an interview with Joe Biden, you'd say, are you running for re-election? What is going on with the balloons? I don't think, I think he wants to answer both of those questions at sort of the time and place of his choosing, and it wasn't yesterday. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't want to answer any tough question on any issue that he stands for right now. That's where Smith has it wrong. Although White House clearly tried to avoid Biden uh, being grilled by a Fox News anchor, Press Secretary Green Jean-Pierre claimed that Fox uh, had canceled the interview, but that was not true, Fox Corporation said. We all know why Joe Biden did not want the interview. Joe Biden does not want any interview where there will be a tough follow-up question to most likely the answer he will give which will end up being a lie that's why i i would up until i don't know uh not too long ago i would say yes that is correct now i would say joe biden does not want any interview where there are going to be questions (laughs) you've gone one step further then and and I think anybody, including his personal attorneys and likely White House counsel, is probably in agreement with me. Anyone on his staff probably looks at this and says, no, no. This is an interview that he uh, did about three, four days ago on a mm. uh, Spanish uh, speaking network. Mm. I don't know which one it was, though. I can't read what it was. Okay. Uh, on the little clip there, but uh, okay. this is the reason. Listen how listen to how he answers this question. Okay, this is why. All and right. wasn't it a, a major bre- security breach for the United States? Just the fact that the balloon came into the airspace no. and flew over the country for so many days. No, look, <laughs> the total amount of uh, intelligence gatherings going on by every country around the world is overwhelming. And the idea that a balloon could traverse, uh, break American airspace is, uh, anyway, it's, it's not a... Maybe. He lost his train of thought. He it's, didn't even know where it's, it was going. Uh, anyway. Yeah. 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 Didn't know where he was going. He didn't, doesn't know how to, he can't answer, he can't answer the initial question and... Obviously, he couldn't answer a follow-up question. He cannot handle a tough interview. The problem right now, and you had a ton of Republicans screaming yesterday, why isn't he saying anything? Here, we don't shoot down a Chinese balloon. Then we do because of the political pressure. And then the president is shooting anything down that they see in the sky. Yeah. And two or three days later, they can't tell you what it was that they're shooting down. What is the policy of the United States? He ordered these things. 
The buck stops with him. Why isn't he willing to answer any questions on it at all? That's the problem. And I, it's, it is so horrible right now. My piece of advice to him would be, don't do interviews. Just make a statement. But the right. demand yep. for answers is is very clear. And the American people deserve them. Well, I mean, you've seen basically the the uh, musical chairs of deflecting to another department. I mean, right. the White House counsel, well, we can't answer that question. Well, we were told you could answer the question because Corrine Jean-Pierre sent us to you. John Kirby sent us to you. Well, sorry, we can't answer those particular questions. Well, and, and, I, I don't even know where Ian, no. was Ian Sams, is that the guy's name? Right. He's disappeared, remember? They sent to him and then he couldn't answer it. So they keep playing this this uh, circular game, mm-hmm. send you to somebody else who can't answer a question. It, it, I'm waiting for the, the, the press corps to say, okay. Would you send everybody out to the podium? And then if you recognize this as your department's question, then you step up to the mic. <laughs> you know, like we do a press conference, right? When there's uh, something going yes. on, there's breaking news. Yes. and Okay, well, I'll let the FBI uh, answer that question, and we'll have the agent over here, agent in charge, that's going to step up and answer that question for you. I mean, because otherwise it really is musical chairs chasing answers that never come from a president that is not all there. And uh, this went uh, this uh, went uh, viral the other day, especially on social media. The photo of uh, of uh, Carrie Lake at the mm-hmm. yeah. uh, uh, you know who ran for governor of uh, of Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, not standing uh, during the Black National Anthem before mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Look, we've we've actually you know we've listened to the uh, the the song uh, before, lift every voice and and sing, and the song is fine. Mm-hmm. Labeling it the Black National Anthem is absolutely toxic and racist. Mm-hmm. that's the problem mm-hmm. right there. And uh, the problem is not Carrie Lake refusing to stand for it. Uh, I don't even know if she's answered on it, but the fact is there's only one national anthem that we have. Yes. And it's a star-spangled banner. There aren't two national anthems, and we don't split. And this is the type of, again, this is what the left wants. The left and understand that still in the NFL, even though I think the NFL has moved – they realize how toxic Colin Kaepernick was and how toxic Black Lives Matter is. Right. But still, you can't get the, the commissioner still. I still believe that his goal is to divide however he can. Yeah. Uh, Roger Goodell. I think right. he is. he was the mastermind originally of sending the NFL down the road of perpetuating the lie, the race-baiting lie, mm-hmm. that police departments are systemically racist. You know, he is he is the one that continues with this. I'm sure it got his stamp of approval to play it again. The song itself is fine. The labeling of it is what makes it toxic and racist. Well, because what you're saying is that there's one national anthem for some people and then another national anthem for other people. Right. Because of skin color. 
Right. Which, of course, is... How is that is, not divisive? It's That divi- is the definition of divisive. It's, it's divisive and racist, and that's who Roger Goodell is. That's what he wishes to do. And we saw it. We saw it during the... Into everybody got burned by Black Lives Matter, and we told you so. And corporations lined up behind them. Sports leagues lined up behind them. Sports leagues lined up. Major League Baseball lined up behind, as we went into specific detail the other day, about Biden's racist lie of the Georgia election law. Mm-hmm. That the Democratic Party... The mainstream of the Democratic Party. All the way up to the top. All the way up to the top. Every single major, Pelosi, Schumer, you name it, Biden. They all perpetuated a racist lie. They did what leaders of the KKK or the white Aryan nations would do. They lied about something in order to divide people based on race. And they still do that. And it's exactly what the NFL did under the leadership of Goodell. It's what the NBA did. It's what many corporations did. They bought, and now they're running away from Black Lives Matter, but Goodell's still hanging on to some last thread to be divisive by race. It's reprehensible what they did. Absolutely reprehensible. And they still continue it today. And as we know now, Major League Baseball moved the all-star game based on a racist lie. And now the Democratic Party is okay with going back to Georgia. Yeah. The same law exists, and now it's like, let's go back to Georgia and hold the and Democratic National Convention. was never there. Yeah. And that we never said it, and it was never true, and it didn't happen. And as we uh, brought to you uh, the uh, University of Georgia post-election poll, 0% dissatisfaction from blacks from the last election, midterm election. Right. So there was greater dissatisfaction from whites mm. as as the poll uh, uh as the 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 polls uh, uh showed. Right. And nothing in that bill related to Jim Crow laws at all. And when it came to voter ID, it's a dead heat of massive support from blacks and whites for photo id mm-hmm. the main and understand this this isn't a fringe element of the of, of the democratic party this is the mainstream oh, it's of the, the party. democratic party it is the party that will lie tell horrible lies to divide people by skin color the hate that they must have inside themselves because they wish to do this over and over again is just so disturbing in a place called America that we thought was so far beyond it, and they have the gall to call the other side racist? It's really despicable. It really is. Divided every turn. It's the lowest that humans can go right now because they know the history of racism in this country, and they don't give a damn about bringing it back again. Nope. They hope for division. They hope for divisiveness. That's the chaos they thrive on. It's the chaos they need. It's the ultimate crisis. You pair that with climate change, and man, you have a political party. Yep. So Goodell's trying to hang on to the last, his, his uh, I don't know what it is, his last push to divide people based on, on skin color. Well, it made me wonder if, it, it, 
is the attempt just to get headlines? Maybe. I don't know. Get a controversy going? I, I, it's yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. You don't need anything else. You have the Super Bowl. Unless you're motivated. Yep. Unless you're part of the radicalism that exists to divide people to divide people based on skin color. And I don't know what type of reprehensible human being in this day and age wishes to do that. We know when I mean I don't I mean I I don't know why they do it. I know who they are mm -hmm. and I know why they do it. But how but, bad does it have to be? But I can't. I how, can't. how bad is the mindset of an individual that it has to be? And 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 you're in charge of an organization that runs the game of America that brings, well, did bring people together, and it still does. I think it does again, and maybe that's what his problem is. And and I know maybe that, he yeah. saw backing away from it just wasn't working for his own personal agenda. Maybe. Eight six six ninety red eye Tires command a lot of attention. As a top expense for drivers and a leading cause of CSA violations, any tire maintenance practice that can help extend tire life is worth consideration. Consider tire balancing, which can set you up for savings and a smoother ride before your tires touch the highway. Tire balancing corrects an uneven distribution of weight in tires and wheel assemblies and offers benefits like improved fuel economy, Increased tire life and reduced vibration. Unusual shaking in the seat, cab, or steering wheel is a warning sign your tires might need to be balanced. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Aggressive commercial insurance protects truck owners. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. I just, I just chuckle too because we talk about race and uh, and uh, the uh, the the Super Bowl. Um, the, you had uh, the View talking about the fact that you had two uh, black starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, which was the first time that that happened. Mm. And then it's like, yeah, just reading some of the transcript here. Sonny Hostin. The only thing that would have made it better, you know, finally we know that black quarterbacks can lead teams and are smart enough to lead teams. I'd like to see, well, I always knew that. There was never a question. Right, we knew that. Finally, what do you Doug find? Williams, quarterback, the Redskins back in, uh, some of you said the Commanders. They weren't the Commanders back then. Mm, right. uh, to the uh, the Super Bowl back in 1988, the 87 season, mm. uh, into uh, to 88. Mm. I bet you they don't even know the history of black quarterbacks. You know, they they throw all their virtue signaling. I know it very well because it related to the team that I loved. But actually, Marlon Briscoe was the first black quarterback. No NFL team wanted him, but it was 68. So the merger had happened, even though they were still the AFL and the NFL. They hadn't gone to the AFC and the NFC yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was uh, uh, he he uh, he filled in, and then he started in uh, in I think it was late September of 68. Uh, Briscoe uh, started as the uh, the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Played five games that year. They wouldn't give him a shot again, so he went to Buffalo, became a wide receiver, and then 
the first black quarterback ever to start a season was James Harris of the Buffalo Bills, who threw the ball to Marlon Briscoe, who was the first quarterback to black quarterback to ever start a game in 1968. But I just love they virtue signal, but they actually don't know the history and they don't care about the history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, it's it's I look. Again, this is a game that brings people together. But what do you have to do? Well, let's go out and let's, you know, create the division. Let's start a fight. Let's start division. Why would you want to do that? By the way, back then, we didn't care. All we cared is, can the quarterback throw the ball and complete it? Right. Can can they win for my team? Skin color was meaningless to us. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. You're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, eight six six ninety Red Eye. Just doing some reading here, and I just it just um you know it uh, was uh, reading Liz Peake's column in and Fox News. The choice between normal or crazy, the fact that uh, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders used that last week in the state of the or the mm. uh, follow up to the State of the Union. Yeah. I wonder if Republicans are going to use that consistently now, because to use that where she used it, not in a political ad, but in something where she was extremely low key. If If I had any criticism, and again, I don't know if it's justified or not, but. My initial reaction was mm, be a little bit more, a little bit more energy. <laughs> yeah, because it was right. so mellow. Yeah, but the message wasn't mellow at all. No, the content was great. Yeah. I mean, the, the content was the delivery wasn't 
horrible. No, no, it wasn't. It, you it just, just kind yeah, of wanted yeah. up a notch. Right. Uh, somewhere between that and the deer in the headlights thing that Marco Rubio did one time. When <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to go response. that far. No. Uh, yeah. We, no. Yeah. no. Uh, but no. But it was. It was. It was fine. Yeah. I mean, the, the, because the content was was so great. But when she says the choices between normal and crazy, and uh, and. Right, she writes here in the column, no one has better described this moment in our country than Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who included those words in her rebuttal to Joe Biden's State of the Union address. The new Arkansas governor is correct on issue after issues. Democrats have veered so far left that the average Americans uh, are left shaking their heads and wondering, has our country gone crazy? How can the FBI pay our biggest tech companies to suppress freedom of speech and find support among Democrats who have vowed to uphold the Constitution? Right. You yeah. go crazy. Right. But the public knows it. The public doesn't like the, the, the censorship. Right. How can Joe Biden allow millions of people to enter the country illegally, even as his head of Homeland Security lies to Congress that our borders are secure? Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. How can legislators allow crime to soar but still worry more about protecting criminals than protecting us? That's crazy. Mm-hmm. How can Democrats want boys to compete in girls' sports? but pretend they care about women's rights. It's crazy. How can our president try to shut down our productive and huge energy industries and then blame the oil companies for not investing more in production? Again, crazy. Hmm. How can Joe Biden and his fellow Democrats spend trillions of dollars after the pandemic economic crisis has passed, igniting inflation and allowing millions to leave the workforce even as our national debt skyrockets and leaves our country weaker. It's crazy. That's the reason that 75% of the nation thinks we're on the wrong track. I don't know how Republicans don't take back the House. Nothing's going to change. You know, we'll get to the inflation. Some of the inflation indicators here as inflation numbers come out today, but where it might be the rest of the year uh, and into next year. You mean the Senate? You said House, but you mean Senate? In what? You said you don't know how the Republicans don't take back the House? Oh, the Senate. The yeah. Senate. Yeah, yeah, the Senate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know how they don't take back the, the, the Senate. I just right. don't. Right. Uh, if, if they if they stick to the issues. There's just no way. I mean, it's just uh, how I'm amazed that Biden's approval numbers are as good as they are. See, the thing about mm. Trump is people didn't like him, but they liked the vast majority of the American public agreed with his positions yeah that's how he was always able to keep his numbers better than than biden right biden's numbers are low but for where he actually stands as compared to where people stand on the issue there's still a huge number of people that say they support biden that disagree completely with what he stands for right and that has to be fear of the republicans or fear of trump right one or the other right right so I bring this up because there was a tweet the other day because we were just talking about the NFL. Former NFL running back Joe Cribbs wrote on Twitter the other day, and I just thought about it now, and I said, okay, i got to remember to bring this up. He wrote, I'm sick of this Republican versus Democrat thing. I thought we're all Americans. It's getting way too ridiculous. And then everybody agrees with him. Yeah, we need to come together. Well, we can't. How can we come together? I asked his question to Joe Cribbs, the former uh, running back in, in the NFL. Where is the negotiating point when someone tells me a boy can a, a man can be a woman 
because the man says so. Right. That if a man says he is a biological woman, then he is. Where is my compromising on that? Where's the middle? Where's the middle ground? I'd like to know where the middle ground is on that. Because right now, the middle ground is you either agree or we're going to make you a pariah in society. Where is the middle ground on a Democratic Party that lied about an election law in order to create racial division? They didn't tell the truth about the law. No. And now, how do we know? We know from the polls. We know from the post-election survey of Georgia. We know on voter ID, those polls are 20 years old that have been consistent. Mm. Blacks don't think voter ID is racist. The entire Democratic Party does. Yep. And we also know because... The Democratic Party now has changed their position on Georgia. They're okay officially as a party right? with Georgia. Bringing the Democratic National Convention to Atlanta. The party's going to spend money in Georgia. Right. And the law hasn't changed. The law is the exact same. They were calling out the corporate bigwigs to get on board with them, right? Back then when they needed to do that and create the division. And you had, of course, then Major League Baseball as an organization actually make the move. And the Democrats were cheering it. So uh, to Joe Cribbs, former NFL player, where is the compromising? Where do I compromise on people that lie about an election law to create racial hatred? Where do, Legitimately, where do I compromise? Because you every... To me, that's the easiest way to do virtue signaling. Whoa, this Democrat-Republican thing, I think it sucks. Why can't we all come together? I'm virtue signaling. I'm above everybody else because I believe everybody should come together. That's a nice thing to package into a meme. Now let's get to the reality of where you stand on the issues and tell me where the compromising should be on my side. Right. I bet you, Mr. Cribs, you can't do that. Where is the compromising when the Democratic Party tells us that we all need to go to electric vehicles, yet they are now protesting the mining to build those electric vehicles? Where's the compromise on that? Where's the compromise on the Democratic Party that says that we can run a nation that will need twice amount, twice the amount of electricity that we have today, and they tell you it can come from all solar and wind when that is scientifically impossible. Where's my compromise on science there? Where is my compromising with open borders? Where is my compromising on open borders that are not secure when the president lies to us and his administration lies to us and says the border is secure? Where is my compromise on that particular issue? In order for people to come together, you have to be willing to compromise. Where is the compromise on that? All while throwing the enforcement agents 
under the bus. Yeah. For doing their job. And where is the compromise in states like California, where right now, as the law stands, as of 2035, if you're going to buy a new vehicle, it has to be electric. You don't have a choice. It's the law. Tell you where my compromise is, Texas or Florida. (laughs) You want to turn in your freedom card? Go ahead. I'm keeping mine. But I just, I, I, I just, love, and then I love the people that jump aboard. Okay, I'm going to virtue signal. I'm yeah. above this. Yeah. You know, why can't we all come together? Yeah. All right, let's start talking the issues. Right. I'll have you screaming your brains out at me in about five seconds. <laughs> so much for compromising. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got one word for you. Um, biology. Yeah. But I just, I, that's the ultimate in virtue signaling. That is sort of the, that, that has been in the past. A populist opinion. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. why can't we all just come together? We're all Americans. We should come together. Well, because the devil's always in the details. And what are the details? The details are your specific opinions uh, on the particular issues that exist out there. And then that's where you find people are apart. Yeah. But I just love the, that's to me the ultimate in virtual signaling. Mm. Why can't we all come together? Well, because um, I don't believe in your your bigoted <laughs> your bigoted opinion. Not, I'm not saying Mr. Cribs. Mm. I'm just saying the opposition. I don't know what his opinions are. I, right. I have no idea. Mm. Uh, he could be a conservative for all I know. Yeah. But my point is to sit there and say, well, "I don't like this Democrat and Republican thing. We should all just be able to come together. We're all Americans." is a very simplistic and uh, a viewpoint and the ultimate in virtue signaling. I'm going to make myself feel better. I'm going to rise above everybody else and say, all we need to do is come together, which, yeah. of course, is ridiculous. Well, you know, uh, when I go about my day, I, generally speaking, I don't have encounters where I don't get along with people. Mm. Neither do I. Our production staff not included. But here's the thing. <laughs> they just simply don't like us. I get it. <laughs> don't, but this is the problem. This populist attitude of we need to all come together. I go about my day. <clears throat> I'm not on social media. I'm not inside the beltway. I'm going about my day, and I'm get along. I get along with everybody. They get along with me, or else. And that's, <laughs> Jack, and and but that's you know these are the things that they want you to believe. This is if you talk about everything that we've mentioned in this show, they can't stand it. Cannot stand it when people come together. They don't like that. They have to have the division. And then you have people that say, well, we should all come together. We're we're together. You guys inside the Beltway want to create division. Activists want to create that division. 
But I'm and and by the way, I don't have to like the way uh, California runs their laws on new vehicles starting in 2035. I love where I live for a reason, for a number of reasons. And if they want to choose that, great. Let them have their own little experiment with all that garbage. But the entire thing is federalism was sort of set up. Yep. Was was set up so you could govern at a local level, at a much more local level, knowing that people have different opinions depending on their geography. Yep the industries that they have, the environment that they're in. That's why federalism exists. Right. Exactly. Which is why we've said, yeah, California should do the 5 million reparations and invite everybody in. The people of California voted for all that. They're voting for And in Chicago, in the South Side, yeah, you voted for that. Yeah. You know, this is exactly how it all plays out. Now, if you don't like that, you can change that. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye, reading this article about Lady Gaga's father. Yeah. Lady's Gaga. Papa Gaga. Uh, Joe Gaga. I call him Papa Gaga. Joe Gaga. Papa Gaga's uh, pa- Papa Gaga. Say. Uh, Lady Gaga's father, uh, Joe uh, Germanata, has a million reasons why he's fed up with the Big Apple. You know, he owns an Italian restaurant mm. on the Upper West Side. He goes, mm. it's horrible. He goes, the garbage, yeah. the urination, yeah. the, the, the homeless situation, the crime, the inflation, everything. Yeah. And he said what's happening is people just aren't coming into New York City anymore. He goes, they're not coming as people you would come in from Connecticut, Long Island, uh, New Jersey, uh, Westchester. They're just not coming into New York City. They're fed up with it. I, I wonder, do they have any anything on on the any stats on that? Uh, I know tourism would be one thing, but I mean, just coming in, you know, from the region on a regular basis. That's an interesting point. Yeah. And people aren't coming into the city. Wow. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen live overnight, listen when and where you want. So just uh, reading that Fox Business story about Lady Gaga's father, who owns a uh, restaurant in New York, Mm -hmm. and says it's just horrible there. Yeah, Joe Gaga. (laughs) Daddy Gaga. Papa Gaga. <laughs> His mother is not Grandma Gaga. <laughs> no. uh, but he told uh, 
Fox Business on Monday that the deterioration of the city has made it unsafe to raise a family there. Mm. I would never raise two girls here again. It's not safe anymore. The crime, it's unpredictable. You don't know where it's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And he talked about the problems of garbage now, homelessness, urination in the streets, pot stores on every corner. And he said people just aren't coming in to, uh, you know, frequent his restaurant anymore from outside of New York City. Mm. So you wonder, and he blames, he blames Mayor Adams there. Look, you and I said it. We, we always thought that when Adams came in and said he's a different kind of Democrat, that he would succumb to the forces of liberalism that he has grown up under and just is massive in New York City and in the state legislature. And that's exactly what happened. Well, I mean, if he had said, I'm a different kind of Democrat and he was running for the mayor of Tallahassee, then maybe there would be something different. But he was running for and became the mayor of New York City. And there was no other way that that was going to go. You can't do, I don't know, quarter measures on crime. Mm-hmm. Either either you're going to be law and order or you're not. There's not really much wiggle room in there. Right. As we have found out in major cities, you can't. You have to have, uh, and I believe you need in most cities, I know in my... I live in a city that is run by Democrats. Yeah. And and that I guess you could make that point. If you run for mayor of my town, you really can't be a crazy liberal. Even if you're a Democrat, you can't. In a suburb of because there are not a lot of suburbs are still Democrat run mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And our police department very aggressive. And when I say aggressive, I don't mean they pull you over and bop you in the head. What yeah. I mean is I can guarantee that if my tail lights out and I'm coming to or from work, I'm going to get pulled over. Yeah. You know, they they practice broken windows, that mm-hmm. philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, there's a, uh, a call is made, the police are there, and they're there yep. in numbers. Yep. And it's demanded by, you know, the people in the city. They expect a police force that is going to make sure that they are safe and crime is low. Right. And, and by the way, that's what accountability is. If not, It doesn't matter what city it is. The way it should be is if an officer or a number of officers step out of line or do something wrong or illegal, then there should be accountability. And when the when the citizens of whatever city or town demand law and order that accountability is what exactly what you laid out and same for my town um i don't know how many i see every night on my way to work but it is usually no fewer than three (laughs) and i only travel a few miles each way and so when you you know when you see that what that's the town saying this is what we want yeah so that too is accountability 
they have a, I, I, I don't know how the program works, but they have a take a vehicle home policy. Then mm. you can, you can take, your, you know, the cops can take, which mm. means you go through neighborhoods, you'll see police cars parked. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's a deterrent. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm. I mean, I see it and say, I better not commit a crime. <laughs> no, but it, it actually is. When you sit there and you see, come around the corner, you just see that you know what the police car, the SUVs look like. You're like, ooh, okay. Is, I, anybody, is there anybody in it? I love that feeling. Not when I'm late for work, but I love that feeling of seeing numerous police cars in my neighborhood, seeing them on a regular basis. I don't, I don't think that I could run an errand in my neighborhood and let's just say a, a two-mile, three-mile radius without seeing multiple police cars. I'm, I'm, that's that's a new challenge for me. I'm 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 going to pay attention because I know that I I mean I every I see one and of course then then tap the brakes, slow down, and every time you know I'm out and about, I see multiple police cars, and that's the presence that the, my town wanted. The the main drag through my town is uh, once I get off the tollway is. Uh, is uh, 45 miles an hour. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and there's long stretches that, you know, before you have a stoplight, I put it on cruise control at 45 mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I know when I'm going into work at 1030 at night or coming back at quarter after five in the morning, uh, yeah. it's still early. Yeah. And they're, and they're uh, you know, they're looking and, and you will, you will get pulled over. And mm-hmm. they have talked about it that when they stop, especially overnight, when they stop somebody overnight and they find drugs or weapons or whatever, they publicize that fact. Yep. That right. We're out yeah. overnight and we're looking. Yep. yep. And that's what I mean by aggressive. Mm-hmm. They also have, you know, they always have, as a lot of police departments are doing, you know, coffee with a cop where the police officers will be there somewhere. And the police are active in the community in different, you know, uh, uh, you know, sporting, sporting events and things like that, which is, which is wonderful to have. And, right. and, you know, they're constantly trying to build a relationship between the people and the actual uh, uh, police officers. And I know some people in the management of my, you know, police department that are definitely more conservative. I don't know if they're Republican or not. I sense that they are. Uh, some are, some aren't. But they have the police. They have what I view as the correct police mentality. Right. Which is, we are there, we are, we are there to, we are there to serve the public and we're there to come down if, on you if you're going to break the law, which I believe is the proper police mindset to have. No, that's, that's, you don't, it. you don't want that's... to break the law because we're going to catch you, but otherwise we're here to serve. How you doing? Good to see you. What's going on? Does your town have the citizens on patrol? Yes. I, uh, over the years and, uh, my gosh, almost 28 years in the same town. And, um, I have been asked numerous times, Hey, you should. And with my schedule, like I, I couldn't do that. You know, I just wouldn't have the time to do it. But the program is, I was very interested to see the program the uh, the training of the program and everything else 
Now, I will say this. While I am not officially on patrol, all of my neighbors know. Eric's looking out his kitchen window at any given point during the day because the guy apparently doesn't sleep. You're that old lady. I am. I absolutely am. And by the way, those are also men's slippers, too. Men can wear them, too. But I... There was a uh, there was a um, um, a crime watch meeting, <laughs> and a this goes back. Oh my gosh, this goes back probably ten years, twelve years, maybe. And I had a new neighbor on the block, and they wanted to be part of the crime watch meeting and the whole thing. And the first thing they brought up was that guy over there. He's coming and going at all times of the the night and everything. And he's fine. He's he works nights. <laughs> yeah. And he's picking up the drugs overnight. Yeah. And bringing them back early in the morning. Right. And so, <laughs> well, and then I wondered recently because I get a lot of things delivered, um, grocery, restaurant stuff. Uh, a lot of things delivered, and recently we we had uh, a situation where uh, we had some stuff going on. So I I had for a few days I had something delivered every day, and I mean, person pulls up in a car, they get out with a bag <laughs> and they set it on the porch. They take a picture of it, and then they get in their car. And then they run off. back to their car. They run back to their car. <laughs> you know. Uh, and well, I didn't, you know, I didn't even think about that because that is yeah. that is the change, though, over the years mm-hmm. where you might not be suspected anymore. Where if that was happening maybe fifteen years ago, yeah, right, it, it was a totally different ballgame. What's well, going on here? It, it was, it, it, and the question is, okay, doesn't but doesn't it seem weird? Now, case in point, the other day, I ordered from a restaurant, and then I also ordered from a grocery store. So my restaurant order came, and then a, the grocery store order came about an hour and a half later. And it's a couple of individuals driving for the service, and, mm. you know, again, they get out of the car. And then Now, with a grocery store delivery, you can see they're, they're, they've got, you know, three Signage. or four, you know, grocery store bags and oh, okay, putting them on okay. the, you know. Okay. But when, <laughs> when my food got delivered, it was in a plain white kind of a heavy paper bag stapled together and then set right there and then the guy just kind of mm-hmm. runs back to his car and i'm like yeah i would look at that if i'm looking out my window and uh that's happening all the time i would i would uh raise an eyebrow but you know i i've lived in and and you know there was a a break-in uh probably about 12 14 years ago um at a house uh, down uh, the street from me, it was. It's a. It's a, only around four houses down, and the neighbor saw something, and he knew that they were both at work, and he called where she worked. She worked at a school. The family that lived there at the time, and he doesn't live there anymore either. He's he was our used to be our mayor. He retired, and then they moved. And he called her at work and said, "There's somebody at your house. Is somebody doing work?" The people were walking around and they had a clipboard but apparently they got into the garage and they opened the garage and backed their car into it and then she got there she thought maybe her husband had ordered some work or something she gets there 
and they're pulling out of her garage with some of her stuff. And she gets a uh, camera shot of the of the vehicle, and they finally caught up with the people. But it was burglars wow. in the middle of the day. Yeah. Well, getting back to New- the New York City situation and everything else, mm-hmm. Adam, I don't think, you know, Adam's now, his polling numbers are going down. Of course. You, you can't do these half measures that they wish to do on everything and expect that you're going to make a city. Again, he's, and and I told you during the break, I said, and he's a cop. He knows better. Yeah. He knows a cop. He knows a cop. He is a cop. He knows what should be done to straighten out New York City. He just can't do it. Right. And and we suspected he never could. Right. But if you're going to do it and you have a law enforcement mindset, you know what you have to do. And you may have to be that guinea pig. Or you may just want to go in and say, look, it worked for Giuliani. It's what I'm going to do. And probably a significant portion of the Democrat population in the city of New York would have agreed with you. But now you end up yeah. losing everybody. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. As with any new business endeavor, it often takes time to get it going and growing, and that's the case with hemp in this country. It's not only a new crop for farmers to learn about growing, but it also has extra reporting and testing and other regulatory requirements that go with it, which can be daunting. USDA Undersecretary Jenny Moffitt told the Senate Ag Committee the other day that USDA is working on measures to help potential hemp farmers. One is to make sure that we have an easy registration process and a streamlined IT process so that hemp producers and testing and all of the procedures that go along with hemp production are in in one system that is easy to communicate with producers as well as with the local officials. Also, the USDA has just started publishing a weekly hemp market report. That will provide weekly, timely information for hemp producers to be able to access information on market so they can make informed business decisions. To find that report, go online, search USDA Weekly Hemp Report. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. The USDA Report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Join the conversation using the Shell Rotella hotline, 866-907-3339. Red Eye Radio at Shell Rotella. What matters is inside. When you run a fleet business, delay is a dirty word. What fuels me to stay on schedule? My clients, their clients, and everyone's bottom line. What fuels my fleet? Cenex Roadmaster XL, a premium diesel fuel formulated with its best additive package yet. To clean the entire fuel system for more power, less maintenance, and better fuel economy. Cenex Roadmaster XL, fueled by innovation. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Inflation numbers uh, uh, coming out today. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll take a look uh, more into uh, some of the numbers that some of the economists looking at saying, uh-oh, inflation may be long-lasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Well, the whole thing with uh, now the whole UFOs, besides the seriousness of it, which is uh, the fact that we seem to have no consistent policy when it comes uh, to uh, what we should do when our early warning systems for nuclear weapons heading in our direction, nuclear weapons and any other thing that isn't supposed to be here over the United States, spy weapons, now that we know that hasn't been working right, 
we now find out that uh, we had one policy a couple of days ago and a completely different policy now. We all know why. It's not based on strategic policy. It's based on political embarrassment. Yeah. And that's that's why we're doing what we're doing. Yep. But you can take solace because a new UFO task force is uh, now going to be formed in the Pentagon, the White House, the uh, FAA, and whoever else wants to join. We're now going to actually focus on things that aren't supposed to be over us in the sky. Uh, Director Randy Quaid is uh, expected to give a statement (laughs) later today about the formation of this organization. I I, I think he very excited. I think it started with up and then it. Yeah, uh, but (laughs) the the ridiculousness of it. You're, You're telling me you're going to now do research on things that aren't supposed to be here. You weren't doing that already. I'm sorry, but the money we spend on defense, there's no excuse for this whatsoever. And I have to ask the question because we have over the last few years spent so much on wokeness. Are we taking our eye off the only reason that the defense department exists? Yep. I would argue that uh, uh, certainly to a certain extent we do. And how do you not? I mean, after the whole uh, Tic Tac UFO thing and everything else, and now Balloon Gate, it's like, you know what? You know what would be a good idea? Is if we actually had an agency, a government coalition to look at what's going on in the air. That and research and and find out and detect things that we don't know about that we don't know. You know, here's the thing too. On the whole, you know, idea of and we talked about this recently on top secrets and everything else. Need to know basis. Mm-hmm. Well, don't you need to know what you're shooting at before you shoot it down? One would think it's. It is so bad right now that I just wonder where, again, I just have to ask the question, who's in charge? Oh, this just in, uh, Secretary Mayorkas of the Department of Homeland Security uh-huh. says our atmosphere border is, is secure. secure. Okay. All right. Good. I feel better. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Call in and get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. 
And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. This may be the my favorite headline of the day comes from Mediaite, which is the group that looks at looks for conservative bias in the media. Right. Not yeah. newsbusters that looks for the liberal bias they look for. Yes, yeah, so and, they, uh, they basically sit around watching Fox News all day. Yes, and this is the headline. Tucker Carlson worries aliens will demand to see our leader and be sent to Kamala Harris because Biden is too senile. <laughs> oh uh, you know, that's or, what, or or are the people at Mediaite worried about that? Yeah. <laughs> is it the Democrats? Is it the <clears throat> left that's worried about that? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. What happens if they say take us to your leader? So looking at the inflation numbers here, I'm reading here from CNBC. Inflation report Tuesday has a potential to deliver some bad news. Hmm. Uh, economists are expecting the CPI will show a 0.4% increase in January, which would translate into 6.2 annual growth. However, there are some indications the number could be higher. Um. The uh, CPI was trending lower as 2022 came to an end, but it looks like 2023 will show that inflation was strong, perhaps even stronger than Wall Street's expectations. We've gotten surprises on the soft side for the last three months. It wouldn't be surprising if it's on the hot side in January, said Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's. Economists are expecting the CPI will show, again, that 0.4% increase, which would translate into 6.2% annual growth, excluding food and energy. The so-called core CPI is projected to rise 0.3% and 5.5% respectively. However, there's some indication that the number could be higher. The Cleveland Fed's nowcast tracker of CPI components is pointing to inflation growth of 0.65 on a monthly basis and 6.5 year over year. On the core, the outlook is for 58 uh, 5.6%. And CNBC has a number of articles that came out yesterday uh, as a, as a, uh, maybe, I don't know, I'm going to call it a preamble to the uh, the inflation numbers uh, yeah. coming out. And all of a sudden, my computer has uh, become stuck. Market Watch, the median forecast on uh, core CPI year on year is 54 uh, They also have the median <clears throat> forecast for CPI year over year. 6.2, uh, the core CPI uh, for January month over month at 0.3, and then the consumer price index or the, the CPI for uh, January month over month at 0.4. Um, it will be interesting to see, though, if they if they do come in. I think one of the things that uh, analysts have been watching is that core CPI. So if it comes in hotter uh, year over year, um you know, both core CPI and CPI. Well, what are they saying? Yeah. What, 6.5 6. or 6.5? Yeah. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. here you have uh, uh, Bill Smead, chief investment officer at Smead Capital Management on CNBC yesterday, saying that inflation in the U.S. will be far stickier and longer lasting. He says it could last a decade. So we're talking about, I mean, the same fear oh. that we had during the 70s. Yeah. And that, that took, remember, that, that took the Fed. To raise what's the rate five and a five and a quarter five and a half, uh yeah five uh five point four five I five point four, okay. think is where and and, and in nineteen eighty the Fed rate twenty percent yeah 
And then, uh, like I said, a ton of articles coming out from CNBC yesterday. Uh, there's new inflation warning for consumers coming. I'm sorry, f- did I say five? Four point five. Yeah, four point five. Yeah, yeah four point yeah, yeah. five. Yeah, yeah, I had it yeah. backwards. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. My dis- uh, my dyslexia had to, the two numbers inverted. Numerical dyslexia. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Uh, warehouse and distribution centers are pushing rates higher with U.S. storage prices up 1.4% month over month and nearly 11% year over year. An inventory glut will impact consumer prices with the latest consumer price index data due out on, on, uh, uh, also on, uh, today. The inventory glut could be the reason that prices came down and they expect that retail spending might be up for January also which the Fed doesn't want to see. Charges to use cargo containers as temporary warehouse space are going to explode in the coming quarters, according to one port and intermodal expert. Hmm. From construction to retail, key sectors of the economy expect pricing pressure to uh, remain. You know, it's it's been the fear all along. And, and we have said with the, you know, with the, you think about it now, the fear now coming out that the inflation could be long lasting. Mm-hmm. And now you've got, you know, again, the the uh, argument from the Democrats is raise that cap ceiling, spend more, spend more, in, as they call it, invest more, which means tax the people, borrow money and have the government spend it yeah. is an investment. It's a government investment. Mm-hmm. In 2022, we saw rate levels for international air and ocean and domestic trucking fall back down to earth. But inflationary pressures remain uh, where demand outpaces supply in 2023, including warehousing through most of the United States, domestic parcel and labor. One reason for the imbalance between warehouse supply and demand is the lack of new facilities coming into the market. Ooh, could that be because of lack of labor and construction? Yeah, could be. National warehousing capacity remains low and will remain tight for the foreseeable future as U.S. industrial construction uh, starts have fallen considerably year over year. You know what I noticed in my supermarket? Mm. Not as much choice. Yeah. Now, it seemed to happen after we had the freeze Mm. about three weeks ago. But I'm really finding that there's a lot of things missing in my grocery store. The Fed is now focused on services inflation, particularly labor prices, as it expects the pressure in goods inflation to continue a downward trend. But the logistics issue suggests there will be some elements of sticking inflation on the goods side of the equation. Okay, uh, do you do you shop at a one of the superstores that has yes. you know basically everything in it? Yes. So the the Target and Walmart um, and a number of retailers are dealing with. Um, uh, issues with having way too much stuff on hand and they don't warehouse the the way that Walmart used to. And so you see, okay, is there in, in the retail sector the same kind of uh, pricing pressure, as they phrase it, uh, on certain things? Like you always see this time of year, the clothing, like the winter clothing is going to be, you know, on sale. It's going to be right. They're going to you know, get it out the door. <clears throat> Um, you're right. I don't notice it at Kroger. I, I don't notice it at Kroger. Well, and what I'm wondering here is also that if 
how much it's changed the supply chain for those major retailers. So, you know, Target and Walmart being two monsters, you know, in terms of their size, then how much has changed in their logistics plan? One of the things um, in recent days that's come out is that the vendors are coming out saying, you know, the makers of the products are saying, look, we need to go up in prices. And right now, Walmart is trying to keep them at bay, saying we can't, you know, we don't believe we'll be able to, you know, uh, hike prices and and keep customers. And so that battle, which is always there to a certain extent, but right now is heating up. I don't know to what extent that is uh, happening at Target, um, but I'm assuming it's pretty much every retailer. No, because it's uh, either... The Super Target or Kroger, mm-hmm. that that uh, the closest grocery stores to me, mm-hmm. and I was just in Kroger yesterday. They're stocked with everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done. I haven't gone out on a deliberate uh, shopping trip, you know, uh, lately, um, because we just we get a few things, you know, at a time. We don't really. I don't go fill a cart. There's only a few of us at the house, so. You know, I wonder, though, logistically how things are changing with retailers. Because big box is where it's at. Discount retailing right now, I mean, that's when, when prices are high, people start changing their habits. We saw that with the cust- uh, the consumer over the last few months, especially. That threshold is hit. Or you start saying, okay, we're now going to stop buying these things or we're going to start buying store brands of these items or whatever it is, and the shopping cart has changed. I don't know how that uh, has changed logistics, but there's no way that it didn't. I just don't know how. I don't have a measurement. You know, I'm. I'm uh, you know, we talk about inflation. What's it, what's it going to do to you know uh, the things you have to buy every day? But also, what about the big ticket items? We know housing and what's going on with housing. Yeah. Uh, right now because of the interest rates mm-hmm. this and i i'm going to have to somehow find how to get through this paywall here at bloomberg because <laughs> oh, yeah. i only get I, I saw it on on um on drudge and mm-hmm. so i went oh okay this is interesting mm-hmm. the headline is new cars are only for the rich now mm-hmm. as automakers rake in profits with pandemic era chip shortages fading manufacturers are keeping inventories low and prices high, the shift to EVs will make things even worse. Yeah. You know, you and I have talked about the fact of what has happened in the car industry over the last 50 years Mm -hmm. and how, you know, you view how cheap it was to buy a car, relatively speaking, 50 years ago. Right, yeah. And, well, I guess I can talk about that because that's when I really got my... Yeah. Uh, 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 first vehicle. And then you see what has happened. My dad and I have had talks about this over the decades about then you could still afford a car, but nobody was buying cash anymore. You didn't buy cash. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was, you were taking loans, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden loans became how many years now? Eight years? Yeah. So I think eight, it's up know, to 30 years. Eight yeah. year, 10 yeah. year, whatever. Yeah. The, <laughs> I, what, what's, I don't know what the maximum car loan is I, now. I don't know. I know there's eight year loans out there. Yeah. But you got yeah. to the point was that that was even too expensive now. And now with EVs, remember, EVs don't make a profit. Mm-hmm. 
So they've got to charge more for a regular vehicle. Yeah. So you keep inventories low and you charge high, which means what? The average person can't afford a car. My dad and I have been talking about this for the probably 20 years. When will we get to the point they're putting so much into vehicles now because there is ex- expectation? You just can't get a regular car anymore. No, 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 no. It's no, just, I mean, just, I was thinking about it uh, just yesterday uh, because somebody, they were talking about like one of the, the lower end cars, the smaller cars. I think, oh, I, I forget which one it was. Um, but, you know, they have these tiny, tiny cars, not the smart cars, but I mean, like right. the Honda Fit and these, you know, and then that's, I think, because it will fit, you know, in in your pocket. In your, your, and so in your purse, wallet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the idea and, and they made the comparison. They said, well, you know, it, it, it's uh, you can buy this tiny home for the price of, you know, this Honda Fit or whatever. And I thought to myself, yeah, but they always talk about that. Right. They say. Well, you know, this, this vehicle is the, uh, you know, the, the, the bargain vehicle. Well, go find one on a lot where they say, no, if you want something, uh, $25,000 and you go to the lot and it's 48,000, you know, because of all the add-ons and everything else. Now, back in the day, the idea was order one, like you want it, right? If you're going to buy new Mm -hmm. and then have it delivered. Yep, six weeks later. Right. And so, you know, uh, but I think a lot of that is out the window. But it's interesting about the inventory and and how the prices are remaining high. My question is to what, at, at some point, there is going to be a threshold uh, with both the money you borrow and interest rates going up, but also the amount that you're paying, the principal amount you're paying for, for a new car. car. Yep. It is unbelievably high. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. 86690 uh, Red Eye. I'm looking here at the. Uh, the uh, let me see the uh, 113 million people watch the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, and that's a lot. Yeah, I'm going back all the way to 1967. Okay, 26 million people. Oh, I'm sorry, no, no. Okay, because it was combined on two networks. Actually, the first Super Bowl, 1967, you had uh, roughly 40 million people watch. Then in '68, 36 million, and it really started going up. You see where it really uh, starts going up around, uh, gets into the 80 millions, 90 millions in the 80s. Yeah. Is when it really starts growing. Yeah. You know, and then you get into where every year. What was the population the first year? Of the United States. Of the the Super Bowl, yeah. I don't know, 68, what would it have been? Yeah, I don't know. 240 million, maybe? Less? Yeah, I think less. Less? I think, Yeah. yeah. Wow, but that's uh, pretty good numbers, though. Yeah. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord, we get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.